that we uh, sow in life, and this is kind of about the maintaining part of the harvest, the watering, and then, you know, in a few months we'll, uh, I'll probably wait till after harvest, so most of the farmers will be here, but we'll talk about reaping what we've sown. It's a great principle from the Word of God, so we're kind of uh, continuing that uh, this morning. I'd like to welcome those that are watching online and just pray uh, that you'd be blessed as you join us today or uh, next week, where, whenever you're watching. we just thankful that you, you do, and we um, just pray that this blesses you today. A preacher had ordered a load of hay from one of his parishioners, and about noon, uh, the parishioner's little son came to the house crying. On being asked what the matter was, he said that the load of hay had tipped over in the street. And the preacher, who was a kind man, assured the little guy that it was nothing serious and he invited him for dinner. Well, Pa wouldn't like it, replied the boy. But the preacher assured him he would fix it all right with his father and and he urged him to take dinner before uh, going for the hay. After dinner, the boy was asked if, if he were not glad that he had stayed. And the boy persisted, Pa won't like it. Um, the preacher, unable to understand, asked the boy what made him think that his father would be upset. Well, you see, Pa's under the hay. <laughs> Explain the boy. All right. Not as funny as I thought it would be. Just kidding. Um, uh, when I look back over this day and this past week, uh, we've been here for a year now, and you've put up with stupid jokes like that. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so we're just excited um, when memories come up on Facebook and um, that sort of stuff reminds you, and we just have loved our time uh, here, and um, you know, it went really fast and really good, and so we're just uh, thankful. You guys are a wonderful uh, congregation, and so it's been a great time, uh, a wonderful year. Today, we want to talk about sustaining and surviving the season of growth. I've grown a lot here in the year, and there's been a lot of, uh, it's a lot different being the lead pastor and, and not the person just on staff that can uh, turn problems over to the lead pastor or making big decisions uh, when it falls on you. Uh, it causes a lot of growth, and, but it, uh, it's been really good and, and really fun to grow here and grow with you, and uh, we expect many more years to come. And as I was thinking through uh, this message, how do you, uh, how do you grow uh, once you've planted a seed, we've kind of looked at the farming aspect of it, analogy, and the gardening analogy of it. How do you um, make a seed to grow? We've planted the spiritual seed as we talked about what we sow in life. And uh, today we want to talk about kind of the long uh, season in between when you put the seed in the ground and when you harvest whatever uh, you have planted. Galatians 6, uh, verses, kind of the second part of 7 verse t- uh, through verse 10, 
Paul says, For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Uh, So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. I should have given you a moment to get to Galatians, but it's towards the uh, middle of the New Testament. Towards the end, you can flip there. We're going to look at verse 9 a little bit later. That's kind of the key verse of the day, not losing heart and doing good, uh, for in due time you will reap if we do not grow weary. You cannot reap what you didn't sow. And the harvest won't come unless certain conditions happen. You guys know this probably a lot better than I do. Today I want us to learn from what takes place in the months uh, between the planting and the harvest. Whether uh, you have a hobby garden, uh, like some of us in the back here or in your uh, backyards, wherever it would be, or you run a business, uh, there are similar spiritual principles that can be gleaned from what it takes to end up with a bountiful harvest. When you look through uh, back here, through the winter, through the spring, it's just rectangles of dirt, right? But now, they're full of green, hopefully. Some of my corn is yellow, which means uh, I didn't fertilize and didn't water and whatever else. But, um, but you can't get to this point without the couple of months that have gone on uh, in between. And there's some principles that we can learn. Real quick, I want to summarize the lesson from the sowing of the seeds to kind of catch you up. We talked about how to prepare soil and how Jesus gave a parable in Matthew 13 that illustrated the four uh, different types of soil that seed may land on and how we want to have the good soil. Um, In order to have good soil, you need to remove the rocks and the weeds. You need to level it and you need to get rid of all the clumps and we we liken that to removing the sin in our life we call it salvation removing the things in our life maybe uh, friendships or habits um, devices or technology that provide bad habits right Um, removing those things in our life that cause us to sin the next step once you've removed the bad is to enrich the soil using organic matter or fertilizer and and we don't remove the old soil completely and just replace it, right? We try to cultivate what is there, and the same is, is uh, with our lives. God doesn't remove you and start over, right? He, um, he uh, enriches your life, and he takes you, and he makes you into a new creation. And finally, planting the seed, you reap what you sow. If you want corn, what do you plant? Corn, right? Uh, You cannot plant wheat and be disappointed when corn doesn't come up, right? 
So what seeds are you planting in your spiritual life we challenged you with? If you want to become great, Jesus says you must be the least. If you want to receive blessings, it's better to give. Jesus didn't want to be served, but he served. If you want, if you want love, we need to love others. If you want prayer, we need to pray for others. Okay? And it brings us to today's topic. You've planted the seed... Now what? A seed will lay in the soil until it is activated, right? You could plant a seed in in dry ground, and it'll sit there until water hits it, right? I was supposed to ask that as a question. What activates the seed, right? Uh, Water. Once we water the ground, or if you plant it in wet soil, it would probably work the same. But the, the seed will lay dormant, Um, until water activates it. In order to grow, seed needs water, and to boost its growth, we use fertilizer. And for most hobby gardens, uh, we can water daily. We have irrigation, and there's some farmers who are blessed with irrigation, and it helps them uh, tremendously as well. Yet most farms rely on the rainfall like what's happening today, and it's very unpredictable. And you farmers are a great demonstration of faith. Each year, you put seeds in the ground with confidence that you will get enough rain for the seed to grow into a plant that we can harvest and use in in one way or another for food. But what if drought hits, and you put the seeds in and uh, they can't, you know, maybe the seed germinates, but it can't grow because it ran out of water. Or what if too much rain comes? You can drive by fields where uh, there's puddles and, and ponds of water, and it just soaks up too much water, and it's drowning the plants, and they're not going to grow that way either. Or floods, or frost, or snow, I put an exclamation point, Uh, during harvest time. Sometimes it snows way too early and it ruins the crop. Your farmer's faithful trust and, and confidence in many, many, many years of good crop has come. That's what keeps you planting You have seen the farm produce so many years of harvest that you don't give up after one bad year. You don't think back 20 years ago like, man, remember that time we didn't get nothing? I don't don't know. I don't want to risk that, so I'm not going to plant anymore. No, no. You know you will reap a harvest. After you have planted the seeds, the process isn't finished. You don't get to uh, take the summertime off, but that would be nice, wouldn't it? There are spiritual principles that we can learn from this part of the growing process. I think I have four of them. They'll be on the screen. The first one is uh, how different soil can withstand longer periods of drought. And it goes back more uh, to the soil preparation that we talked about. I uh, could have thrown this in with that, but it kind of shows today how we, what we do to help 
uh, our soil hold more water. So in times of drought, it's still uh, getting moisture, okay? Uh, a rich soil is going to hold moisture longer, and it can hold up better when periods of drought come. So how you prepare the soil is very important. And the spiritual principle of that is enriching the soil in your life so that when there's hard times, when there's bad times, uh, you can still grow, right? I talk similar principle, like I said, with um, the importance of building a strong foundation on our family service the other, a few weeks ago, right? And how uh, we need to build our foundation on a rock, not on the sand where we'll uh, fall away when the storm comes. Right, But once you begin following Jesus, the moment you pray, the moment you ask forgiveness and you make that decision that you're going to follow him, that's not the end. That's actually just the beginning. If you were to never do anything else, you would be like the farmer who planted a seed and walked away and never did anything uh, the rest of summer, right? You can't do that. You can't plant a garden and uh, never water it. You can't uh, expect the farm to grow if you just throw some seed down and walk away the rest of the harvest. As a follower of Christ, you need to be praying daily. You need to read the word daily. When I say the word, the word of God, the Bible. Have a friend or a group of friends who you can pray with and discuss the word of God with. Come to church regularly do bible studies on right now media another plug if you don't have the church's subscription to right now media let me know i'll get you that it's free all of these things enrich the soil in your life so that the seeds that you plant will have maximum growth speaking of having friends that help us grow farmers continually are learning from others uh, I got some of these uh, tips from Justin and some of the other farmers I've talked to, and they were saying how uh, farmers always need to be learning. You can't rely on uh, your grand, great-grandparent or your grandparents' wisdom and what they uh, learned and what they knew, and this is how we've always done it, so we're going to do it this way. No, you need to uh, research you need to learn from others what type of seed is best in this area. Uh, seeds change and how, they're, um, how they react, right? Which fertilizer will produce the best crop? What disease is coming? If you're aware of what's happening or in the surrounding area, what's coming up? And how can we fight against that? Managing different uh, chemicals that help keep the weeds out. Farming practices that will help to conserve the moisture. And the spiritual principle here is to build a community of friends who will help you grow. When you're in a, a relationship with God and, and you've, you're, you're determined, I'm going to serve the Lord, I'm going to live for Him, you don't have to do it all on your own and think, well, my grandpa did it. My grandpa would say, I, I, I'm just going to do it the way he... No, we've, we need to grow and we need to learn and we need to be uh, willing to change in our life and get deeper in our relationship with God. We can't um, sit on the principles that we learned 20 years ago, okay? Uh, 
In our Christian life, we need to study the Word of God and have people in our life to discuss it with, being open to learning something new, okay? Something I learned real quick growing up that I didn't fully grasp until I was uh, more mature of a Christian is the forgiveness of sin, right? I studied and um, I learned more about God and found that unlike humans, (laughs) God does not and he cannot remember our sins. When we repent and we ask forgiveness, he does not recall them. When I was young, okay, we, I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins, but, and I didn't understand what that fully means, that God uh, has no recollection. He doesn't condemn us for sins that we committed 10 years ago. When we ask forgiveness, we're free from that. He never holds them against us. They're gone as far as the east is from the west, the Bible says. My thinking changed, that he was not up there holding uh, my ball of sin, watching me. Oh, the next time he messes up, you're going to whoop him. Um, No, no, he doesn't do that. It's actually, it's quite the opposite. We have an enemy, the devil that's out there, and he's the one that's accusing And he's the one who's constantly reminding us of our failures, trying to hold us down. And God is up there. And when we pray to the Lord and ask him uh, forgiveness and and his righteousness comes over us, he doesn't see us uh, with sin. We're completely made new, right? Our sin is gone. It's a powerful uh, concept that we need to learn. The third one, the third principle, uh, just as seeds need water to grow, we also need water, uh, need to water the spiritual seeds that we planted, all the things that we, uh, we talked about in the first uh, sermon series about it was uh, what, what, seed, what do we want to grow in our lives? That's what we need to plant. And then we need to water those things. 1 Corinthians um, chapter 13, although I also put chapter 3, so now I'm confused a little bit. But um, starting in verse 1, so if someone could correct me on that, but I think it's 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. Paul is writing, he says, I, brethren, could not speak to you uh, as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. Anyone know, is that chapter 13 or 3? It's 3? Oh, thank you. Okay, 1 Corinthians 3. He says, uh, I have to speak to you as infants in Christ. Verse 2, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able For you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and and are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? What then is Apollos? And what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted... Apollos watered, but God 
was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God who causes the growth. Paul is implying that the believers in Corinthians uh, in Corinth had not grown or matured in their Christian life because they were still acting in childish ways. Okay? Uh, uh, He gave them milk when they were young in the faith because they weren't ready for solid food. But now they should be more mature. You're okay. They should be more mature and they still can't take the solid food. They're still stuck on the milk. They're not growing. They haven't grown in their relationship with God. They haven't grown uh, in their, their beliefs and their faith. So Paul is implying that we need to grow. Second implication in there is verse 4 when he says, one says, I am of Paul, and the other, I am Apollo. So this church uh, of believers is saying, man, I, I believed in God. I learned about him through Paul, so I'm of Paul. And he, they didn't pay attention to Apollos, didn't want to uh, be led by him. And others were on the other side. No, I'm, I'm of Apollos. And Paul is trying to tell them we're all servants of the Lord and, and it's God who causes the growth. It's not me, it's not Apollos, it's not Peter, uh, John, any of the other uh, disciples and leaders of that early church. They're, he's pointing uh, to God that each one, uh, we, all can, we all can learn and grow under different leaders, okay? but it's ultimately God who brings the growth in our life. The leader who first told you about Jesus, I can still remember uh, youth pastors in my life uh, that taught me about the Lord and who I decided to follow Jesus because of them. And I looked up to them, but that was 25 years ago, if I didn't listen to any other leaders that God placed in my life, whether it was a Bible study or a, a service or a class, a, a college, went to any of those, uh, if I would have only said, I'm not going to listen to any of those, I'm only going to listen to Pastor Ryan from, I don't even want to tell you the year, no, just kidding, from 1994, okay, if I lived on that, I would never grow. I would be uh, still a little baby Christian, right? We have to learn and grow, and God puts people in our life to help water us, to help us water the seeds, and that's what, it, what Paul is getting at, that Apollos watered other leaders in your life uh, that you submit under, they're going to pour into your life. What's it mean that he watered? In the church terminology, we would call it discipleship. Right now, my goal is that this service that you're listening to me right now would be like water pouring over the garden in your life. And whatever seeds that you have planted, however you're trying to grow, whatever you want to be in your Christian life, uh, that this service is one of those moments that's watering those seeds. Okay? Okay? If you ever leave a service and you walk out the main door and you're still dry, okay, or you feel discouraged, 
I have failed. The church has uh, failed. And you have failed. Whoa, two people just got up and left. Is it that bad? I'm just kidding. Bless you, bless you. It's okay. Okay? <laughs> okay? Either I didn't preach well, or the worship, or the prayer time uh, didn't move you, or you weren't willing uh, to engage in any of that. I've had people, no one here, you guys are perfect, but in other churches, okay, that have left and they just, ah, oh, I just don't get anything out of the service. It doesn't did anything for me. But you're sitting, um, you're sitting there and you're not engaged. You're not doing anything, okay? You have, to, you have to be engaged to grow, to be watered. So you water seeds by some of the same principles. You're going to hear over and over because that's the way you grow. By reading the Word of God, by reading the Bible, you have to take it to heart. Reading the words isn't enough. If you just sat down, I'm going to read two chapters today and you just read through it and go on with your day and you're not understanding, you're not taking it in, you're not allowing it to teach you, okay? You're not going to grow. Pray and ask God to teach you through what you're reading. Sometimes uh, I have to read things again and again. Like, oh, I, I missed, what did that verse say? And I have to go back and read it again, okay? Um, if you're not understanding what you're reading, find people in your life to talk about it and discuss it with. What are they getting out of it? And it's always a good encouragement. Move out of your comfort zone and grow. If you say to yourself, I can't study in a group setting, I, or I can't understand that part of the Bible, so I'm not going to read that part of the Bible, or I can't pray with others, uh, I can't pray that long, and you need to stretch your, yourself. You need to get out of that comfort zone. You're kind of putting a limit on what you're allowing God to do in your life. And you need to stretch a little bit. Am I stepping on anybody's toes today? <laughs> okay, number four. We're going to um, hurry through this part of it because I want to focus a little bit on the storms and how to withstand those. But um, going back to Galatians uh, 6 verse 9. He said again, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The word good, when you read that, you may say, oh, all I have to do is be good and I'll reap a harvest, okay? What does that do good mean? And... Uh, it's somewhat general when you look at the word and the Greek word uh, for this statement, doing good. But it's more than just be nice and you'll reap a harvest. It's more than that. Um, it means a purity of life, uh, living morally good. It's deeper. Um, the same word is used in James chapter 4. You may know the verse or recall it. As it says, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, that is sin. Okay? Um, that's more than, uh, you know, you should have walked granny across the street and you didn't, so you just sinned. Okay? No, that's, it's deeper than that. Okay? What my translation would be is, let us not be weary in living for the Lord. Keep doing what he teaches us to do. In time, we will reap a harvest if we don't quit. 
If you keep going. If you want to reap the harvest that you've planted, it takes more than just being a decent human being. Okay? Watering your seeds involve living for the Lord, discipleship, praying, studying His Word, community uh, with believers. Okay? But what about when you do all the, the good things and weeds still come up or uh, disease still attacks? Okay, what about uh, once in a while a storm will come through and it's devastating to uh, your harvest? As much as um, they know the possibility is there each year of a storm capable of wiping out their harvest, the farmers still plant. They don't give up. They don't allow that possibility to hold them back from planting ever again. Christians, I guarantee you that storms will come in your life. Just because you follow Jesus does not mean that life is going to be easy. If you've been taught that, uh, if a preacher has preached that to you, I'm sorry. It's not true. We don't uh, serve the Lord to have it all perfect and easy. That's that's not uh, the way it's going to go. You're going to have storms. But I tell you, uh, the storms won't wipe you out. They don't take you out. In my conversation with Justin, I, I asked him, how do you prepare for a storm? And he said one word, insurance. <laughs> All right? And that's a real deep principle. No, <laughs> just kidding. Okay? But it's good. It's good. Farmers have wisdom to not gamble their entire storehouse on one harvest. You might uh, save some back to be able to survive and to plant another year. The insurance that we have as Christians is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we prepare ourselves as, as the farmers do. Our faith is built up so much that when the storms come, they won't devastate our life. Living in Missouri, I've seen tornadoes. I've seen storms come through and I would tell Becky, man, I, I really want to see a tornado. I want to be there up close and watch it. There's even idiots who will follow and, and storm chase, right? I want to be one of those guys. No, <laughs> not that bad. But uh, storms are fascinating when you're looking from the outside and they're coming down. I was going to go through a little story of one of the times, but we won't get to that. But it's fascinating uh, when you're out, you know, a couple miles away and you can see this giant twister going through, okay? But what about when you're in the storm, okay? Uh, I won't go into the whole story of it, but tornadoes literally turn the sky green, if you're outside and, and everything starts to become green, it means a star. I see heads nodding. You've seen it, right? It's a crazy phenomenon. And one time, uh, I was that close. I wasn't in super danger, but anyway, I keep hinting at the story, but I don't have time for it. But it's fascinating to see the storm. But when you're in the storm, that's scary, right? You don't know if the house is going to lift up and be gone when you come out of your cellar or wherever you're hunkered down in, right? 
from a distance, a storm, uh, we can be in peace. Like, oh man, this is good. But someone else is in a storm, right? And sometime we're going to be in a storm and others aren't. And they're going to be looking at us and they're going to be in peace and we're going to be in a storm, right? There's, and when you're in, going through life, you're, praise God, there, sometimes there's going to be more years of peace and calm um, then, then maybe more people might go through more storms, but you're going to go through a storm. And I'm reminded of Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 10. And man, when we are, uh, uh, have a strong foundation, and when our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, and when he's working in our life, and we've built up all of this, we've watered all the seeds, we're studying the word of God, we're praying, and we're just in a deep uh, relationship with God, when the storms come through, we're going to be able to stand. Ephesians is still in the back of the Bible. With We've kind of stayed in those uh, books today, Galatians and then Ephesians and Chapter 6, you would know it as the armor of God. And the first few verses before it, uh, Ephesians 6, verse 10, he says, finally, kind of wrapping up his letter to Ephesus, he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes against the devil's storms, against the devil's temptations, against the devil's evil plans, that whatever comes at you, that you're prepared and that you can take a stand against them. Verse 12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Notice he, he acknowledges there will be a struggle. There will be a storm. And what we're fighting against is not one another. It's not you in your flesh and blood. It's not your family that you're fighting against. It's not your uh, co-workers that you're fighting against. And it's not flesh and blood. It's a, our struggle is against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We've talked about uh, if, we could, if we knew what was happening in the spiritual realm around us, man, it would be, uh, that would be intense. I don't know if we could handle that. But man, when we're prepared, if we put on the full armor of God, he, uh, Paul ex uh, exhorts us or uh, encourages us in verse 13, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, after you've done all of this, all of the things we've preached about uh, and encouraged you to do today, you're living for the Lord, you're doing all of these things, and all of the storm comes and the storm passes by, you're able to stand. You're not taken out. That the storm uh, passes by and, and a sunny day is there and you can see the effects of the storm. But you wouldn't be on the ground. 
dead, you would be able to stand. Verse 14, stand firm then. And he lists the armor of God. And that's a whole nother sermon, right? He talks about putting on the belt of truth and the uh, armor of, of the breastplate of righteousness. And you have the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, these different things that were, uh, it's all you're growing in the Lord. A baby Christian won't know what we're talking about, uh, learning the truth. Well, you have to decipher what's true and what's not. And right now, there's a lot of false teachers in the world. And there's a lot of false messages. But when you dig into the Word of God and when you're seeking the Lord, He'll help you to know the truth and be able to discern the false. We can't get into all of the the armor of God, but study Ephesians chapter 6. Worship team, if you would come. I want to encourage you today that whatever seeds that you have planted, you need to be watering those. If it's been uh, a couple months since you even thought about it because the sermon was that long ago, okay, your uh, seeds probably haven't grown a little bit. You need to put some more water on, okay? Spend time in prayer. If weeds have grown up, you need to do something If disease has come, you need to do something. And that comes with, uh, again, digging into the Word of God, getting with the Lord in prayer. Our God uh, loves you so much, and He wants to help you to be able to stand firm and not allow the storm just to wipe you out. Would you stand literally with me this morning, and we'll close in prayer. We'll close with this song. I just want to encourage you, um, whatever you're at right now, if you'd uh, like to spend a few moments in prayer, I'd love to pray with you in the front. If you're going through a storm and we want to pray today that it would just break and you would have peace this week. And so I'd love to pray with you this morning. Heavenly Father, God, would you speak to each person today, God? You know their life. You know uh, what they're struggling against and what they need from you today, God. I just pray that you would help them, Lord. Your Holy Spirit uh, would bring encouragement today that whatever storms would um, are coming through their life and that they would see the joy, they would see the hope, and they'd be able to stand when it passes by. When it comes through, Lord, that they would stand firm with you, Lord. As we close in prayer today, God, help us. Draw us closer to you um, today, Lord. Would you come forward if you'd like prayer? um, Sing with us. So Heavenly Father, God, we just pray as we uh, go from this place that you would go with us, Lord. We again pray for the schools uh, that are starting. And I pray for each person uh, in their personal life today. God, as we go from this place, the principles that uh, we've learned today on how to water uh, our faith in you, God, how to grow our faith in you, Lord, would uh, just help us throughout this week as we pray, as we spend time with you, God, that you would just help us, Lord. And we just pray a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You be this morning.